morning and welcome. Happy Friday, Patriot Radio News Hour, the final show of the week. And I know what a week it has been. Just, and, and I know it doesn't feel that way because nobody really wants you to know what's really happening out there globally. Uh, but debt markets exploding all over the place. More trouble in Italy, now Spain. Chile, Colombia, Mexico, uh, you started, you're starting to get the picture. Uh, the, the pullback that we had in gold really had nothing to do with gold. Had to do with, uh, you know, that old school mentality because of the, when, when debt markets go awry, depending on which markets they are, you'll get a, what I call the, the fake rallies like in the dollar and all that other stuff. Uh, this is going to be something that is very, very, very short term. So make sure you're ready to to get after it because it's going to be a wild rest of 2018. Uh, but today we've got a special show lined up for you. Uh, we've we've been digging in the Federal Reserve, especially it looks like the St. Louis Fed taking the lead on cryptocurrencies, where it could lead, uh, how does it differ than the Liberty Dollar? Those of you who remember the Liberty Dollar, uh, we're going to break it all down for you. Uh, Jason Jason Walker, one of our partners in Colorado, by the way, that Colorado, the second hour that we do in Colorado is turning into, it's, you can't miss it, it's great radio. Uh, Jason and Brian do a great job up there. I asked him to come on today. Because in their in the St. Louis Feds talking about what is coming next, so they're they're getting ready to get rid of the dollar uh, and how they're going to do it, what role the Federal Reserve is going to play. Uh, they're kind of giving it the mon- the moniker the Fed coin. This is what you need to to start understanding what we need to try to surmise of how it all is going to play out. But then in a meeting, uh, a conference about cryptocurrencies and blockchain, so blockchain, the technology behind it, uh, James Bullard, who is the St. Louis Federal Reserve president, made reference to the 1830s and the cryptocurrencies. And, of course, in the 1830s, this is when uh, Andrew Jackson had come out and ended the second rendition of a central bank. Uh, This is the one that we have now is actually the third rendition. Uh, And then we had, uh, and you had two things in place. So he did that. He actually paid off the national debt. Uh, Was Bullard referencing, hey, this is the, the closest we've come to ending the central bank, and and this is why they are worried. Uh, Jason happens to be an expert uh, in the uh, in Andrew Jackson, so I've asked him to join us. Jason, are you with us? I'm I'm listening. I'm listening to everything. Now let me ask you this. So a lot of the Phoenix guys, they don't know you. Uh, they they haven't been listening to you guys in Colorado, but you're you're a Jackson buff. Yeah, I, I like it. everything that he did for our country. I mean, he's he's got some negative uh, history that they push on the, uh, the American people, but he was a great, great American president, probably one of the best. Well, one of the things I know 
that is a thorn in, in his in his backside as he's laying to rest right now is the fact that his face is on fiat money. Because if yeah, that, anybody that, that happened in 1914, that, by the way, as soon as that? the Federal Reserve got put into place, the first thing they did because the Federal Reserve and central banks hate Andrew Jackson. It's 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 somebody that beat defeated them and and and, and made them go away in the 1830s. And they put him on in 1914, right after they were put into place, they stuck him on the $10 bill immediately. Or the, on the 20? No, they put him on the 10. Oh, they put him on the 10? They put him on the 10, and then later on, they continued printing different types of bills. They, they uh, put him on the 20 so that Alexander Hamilton could uh, show up on the 10. Of course, and Alexander, Alexander Hamilton, he loved the Central Bank. He was one of their heroes. I gotcha. So, see, I told you he was an expert, right? I didn't know that Jackson was on the 10 first uh, and now That's on right. the 20. Uh, but, but I, first of all, I appreciate you taking the time to educate all of us. Uh, something that was very, very interesting uh, as the over the last several weeks now, we've seen a lot of, of riding out of the St. Louis Fed. And then, of course, uh, Bullard in his uh, meeting on cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. So what what they said was, hey, it's going to be a Fed coin-type system, that the Federal Reserve sees the value in the blockchain technology, and that they're going to be, at least in, in, uh, in the writing so far, that everybody's going to have to have an account with them, and that they'll be the ones that will administer the payments, right? So they're going to be the clearinghouse, if you will, uh, for all of us. And 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 one of the things that that does is it allows them to have total control over what it is that we're buying. And most importantly for them, how much that we are actually going to pay for it, while at the same time slamming the cryptocurrencies. And, and of course, when you really think about what Bullard said the other day, it does make sense, because what is really the, uh, the basis of cryptocurrency, which is to take the valuation out of the hands of the central banks and and of course another direct attack i.e andrew jackson we're going to talk all about it and the liberty dollar when we return patriot radio news hour don't touch that dial 800-951-0592 i'm joined here with 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 jason our one of our guys up there in Colorado, and we're talking about uh, cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology, uh, the Liberty Dollar. For those of you that aren't familiar with the Liberty Dollar, that was right, you know, right during the crash. Uh, Bernard Van Nothaus, and if I butchered the last name, I apologize. He was the guy behind it, and remember uh, what, what he did. They made silver rounds. So one ounce, you know, silver rounds, and very similar to what they're trying to do with blockchain and, and with cryptocurrency. Said, hey, we're going to line up a lot of a bunch of people that will take 
uh, the certificates that you've been issued and and backed one you know backed by silver as a medium of exchange, right? You know, essentially you could use it to to trade services with and and pay for things. Uh, again, similar to what the cryptos are, and and of course uh, the difference was he physically minted the coins. The rounds were physically minted. I guess in the cyber world, I don't know how the crypto coin is made, but, you know, it's it's electronic, right? You, you can't hold it in your hand. But the premise was the same, which was we are taking uh, the power of money out of the hands of the central bank. And, of course, those of you, uh, the, you know, the NORFED guys, right, which is the National Organization for the Repeal of the Federal Reserve, and, of course, the the International Revenue Code, right? This, these were the people uh, behind it. And he ended up in, in uh, July of 2009. Well, I guess maybe it was May. In May of 2009, his offices got raided by the FBI. And they were charging him uh, with a multitude of charges, uh, some of them having to do with terrorism, some of them having to do with uh, the minting of these coins, because uh, he didn't, he didn't, they said it was too similar. This is what they argued. It was too similar looking uh, to U.S. coinage, which, of course, it wasn't. Uh, but but he did have a dollar sign on it. He did have trust trust in God on it, uh, and and they essentially shut him down because it was let's face it, he was competing against the central bank, and they went through the court system and it went it dragged on for years and years and years. Uh, he ended up. Uh, being found guilty of a couple of different charges, most of them having to do with terrorism. I don't know how they got the terrorism charge, but they did. Of course, all of that in the the Patriot Act. He was convicted on March 18, 2011. Then it went through a bunch of appeals. The long story short is he ended up serving a house arrest for six months and three years probation. That was what he ended up being uh, served with on November 11th, 2014, uh, and and it's now ended. His probation ended on December 9th, 2015. Uh, but but I do think it is ironic. Jason, do you see similarities between the two? Yeah, absolutely. I I see. Uh... I see definitely the uh, the connection because uh, you have competition and and central bankers the number one thing John D Rockefeller would say is competition is a sin and anything that uh, takes away from the interest or any kind of money that the Federal Reserve can take in is considered competition so uh, in the uh, 50s 60s and 70s when the Middle Eastern countries started pumping out all the oil they needed to turn it into the petrodollar so that they had control of it. So what they're doing with Bitcoin, they want to have a cryptocurrency that's 
Federal Reserve control so that all of the money-making potential is in their control. They will, they will not allow uh, Bitcoin or some independent company to run forever because it will eventually erode their profits. And I think that my whole point on this is I, there's no, I have no doubt in my mind blockchain is here to stay the technology, the currency side that I fear for uh, because the central bank, uh, just like they did with, with the Liberty Dollar, right, the same thing, hey, this is competition, we don't like it, and we're going to shut you down, and they'll use anything, uh, and it really doesn't matter what they use, right? Well, you know what? Terrorists are using it, or it's a criminal organization, and too many black market and bad people are using they'll Terrorism! They'll use whatever they need uh, to, to shut it all down. And then when you heard James Bullard, on Monday, he was talking about how the country has not faced this sort of dilemma since the 18th. 30s. And that had to do with the central, the second central bank and Andrew Jackson. Jason, why don't you give us a little history lesson uh, about what, what James Bullard was referencing? Absolutely. So what, what he's talking about is Andrew Jackson was a populist candidate. In fact, he ran for president in 1824 and lost, even though he had the majority of the votes, nobody had enough uh, uh, there was four different candidates there, so nobody got the winning amount. So two of the candidates went, John Quincy Adam and Tyler, and they put all of their votes together, and they ripped, they basically stole the election from Andrew Jackson. The uh, second bank of the United States did not want this guy as president. He then ran again in 1828 and became president, and he immediately set upon getting rid of the second bank of the United States. It was considered, he considered them... Uh, uh, an, an organization that was all in for their own profits and to destroy uh, economically America for their for their gain. And so uh, his re-election in 1832, uh, back in the Second Bank of the United States times, they had a 20-year charter. And that charter was coming up in 1836. And they were deathly afraid that uh, they were going to be wiped out. So they decided to go into Congress and say, we need an early recharter. It was in a re-election year. And they felt there was no way that Andrew Jackson was going to risk re-election by going against Congress. So the Senate and the Congress passed the early recharter, and Andrew Jackson had nothing to do with it. He vetoed it. He eliminated uh, the possibility of the early recharter. Uh, they could not get the votes for the early recharter. Now, this is interesting. The, Nicholas Biddle, this, is, this guy is kind of like the Fed chief of his time. He was uh, like the Janet Yellen or the... Ben Bernanke, and when the bankers used to have their meetings, they actually used to actually record it and send out magazines of what, what was said. So Nicholas Biddle was actually quoted as saying this, nothing but widespread suffering will produce any effect on Congress. Our only safety is in pursuing a steady course of firm monetary restriction, and I have no doubt that such a course will ultimately lead to the restoration of the currency and the recharter of our bank. So it's, it's painfully obvious that the Second Bank of the United States wanted to continually profit off of the United States. And so uh, what happened was is, is when, when they could not get the votes to, uh, for the recharter, the early recharter. So they couldn't override Jackson, the veto. Yeah, they could not override the veto. So Jackson 
then got reelected by an overwhelming amount of the vote, and he set into it. So the first thing he did a couple years into that second term was he took all the deposits out of the, the second bank and started dispersing them into state banks, and he effectively cut them off. And then, and then through uh, economic policies, which greatly benefited the United States, uh, within that second term, paid off the national debt and made America put us in a, a pros- such a prosperous uh, time of our country that up until uh, Abraham Lincoln's time, we probably were more prosperous in the time of Andrew Jackson up to that point than any time in U.S. history because there was no there was no central bank controlling po- policy, and the United States can simply grow its economy based off of hard work and effort. So he pays off the national debt. He does yep. something novel, which is, hey, give the money back to the state. That's right. And, and run on and, and build this nation on limited government and, and sound money. And now exactly. you, and, and you think about uh, what James Bullard said is, hey, we haven't faced this sort of dilemma since the 1830s, the direct challenge uh, to the central bank, and and here's what he here's what else that he had to say, because they were he was talking about the effects of the initial coin offerings, right, that they issue, and how companies make their own cryptocurrencies. He raised the issue that it could become a serious problem for consumers if there's a wild west of digital money. And consumers have to hold different kinds in order to make routine purchases. Should I pay with one cryptocurrency, another cryptocurrency, or another cryptocurrency, or the dollar, Bullard said. We want people to make judgments about how much is that really worth and how much am I willing to pay for it. Later in the talk, Bullard said the central bank was studying the use of digital money, but isn't likely to issue its own. And, of course, we know that, right? They're talking about, hey, we're just going to be the ones in charge of the payment. But what I found... Go ahead, Jason. Something I wanted to add. Something I wanted to add, Joe. So when uh, James Bullard made those comments about the 1830s, the history of... after Andrew Jackson left office, is really muddy. Uh, what, what you'll hear is that Andrew Jackson's policies put us into the panic of 1837, and everybody suffered, and there was a depression, and things were bad. Uh, if you give me one moment. The, the quote that's, that's really strong about what Andrew Jackson did, he knew what he was doing, and he knew that the Second Bank held a lot of economic power, but he had to put an end to it, and he knew there was going to be some economic stress. He uh, had a quote. He said, gentlemen, I too... I've been a close observer of the doings of the Bank of the United States. I have had men watching you for a long time and am convinced that you've used the funds of the bank to speculate on the breadstuffs of the country. When you won, you divided the profits amongst yourself, and when you lost, you charged it to the bank. And then here, this is the important part. You tell me that if I take the deposits from the bank and annul its charter, that I will ruin 10,000 families. That may be true, gentlemen. But if I allow you to continue, you will go on to ruin 50,000 families. You are a den of vipers and thieves, and I've determined to rout you out, and by the eternal, 
I will route you out. So he was basically saying, I'm going to get rid of this bank. There's going to be some economic problems, but uh, America's going to be better off. And I think what James Buller was was stating about the 1830s was that you know, here came Andrew Jackson, and he got rid of the banks. And what happened after Andrew Jackson left office was all kinds of banks were closing down. All these banks were speculating. They were trying to, to make money privately. The second bank in the United States, by the way, decided to go private after they, their charter was annulled, and they only lasted five years. Five years, and, and they went Well, bankrupt. explain that. So this is a great point, because a lot of people will tell you, uh, because this is how they rewrite history, that, that Andrew Jackson uh, was the cause of, of the issues of a lot of these banks who think about today, right? We're very upset that these banks got bailed out for their misdeeds, right? We were having none of that back in the 1830s. If you performed poorly, if you if you overextended, if you made bad loans, you closed down. It was that simple. Exactly. And it, it's funny. In 1836, uh, the, the, the Bank of England with low reserve, what was happening is that the dollar was strengthening and the British pound was weakening, and they could not have that. They, they started flooding high-risk loans into the Wildcat Bank. We're going to talk what- more about this right when we get back. Jason, stay with us. Patriot Radio News Hour on a Friday, halfway through. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The Trump administration announced in April that President Trump would sign a proclamation to send National Guard troops to the southern border immediately in response to what was described as an unacceptable flow of drugs, criminal activity, and illegal crossings. As progress is made toward a real border wall, this activity is a great reminder to America First supporters that we are witnessing a White House follow-through on campaign promises. This is a rare thing indeed. Phyllis Schlafly often found herself let down and even disappointed by supposed conservatives who would say one thing to get into office and then change their minds or beg for more time once they got the votes and got into office. During the 2016 campaign, Phyllis often remarked that she truly believed Donald Trump would finally follow through and build the wall. She would remind people that Congress passed and President Bush signed the Secure Fence Act in 2006 that requires 700 miles of fence be constructed along our southern border. However, only a few dozen miles of new fencing was put in place, and both Congress and the White House seemed to move on as if the job had been completed. This type of letdown is what so many voters have become accustomed to in this country. Trump's efforts to build the wall and calling out the National Guard also explains why we should not be surprised at his rising approval numbers in the White House. However you feel about his agenda, Trump has followed through on many of the things he promised voters he would do if elected. From tariffs and tax cuts to dismantling the individual mandate of Obamacare and building a wall, Trump has taken giant steps towards completing the major points from his 2016 campaign. The idea that a politician would follow through on his campaign promises is, quite frankly, shocking to many of us. 
sending troops to our southern border as a caravan of unchecked immigrants marches towards us is a move that will surely move approval ratings up, up, up. It's high time that a president talked about, let alone acted on, putting the safety, prosperity, and liberty of our own people first. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the latest on building the wall to protect our southern border? To the liberal media, it's a joke. But the crisis of illegal aliens is no laughing matter. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're asking serious questions regarding what to build, who's paying for it, and how best to deploy our military. Go to phyllisschlafly.com and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Pedro Radio News Hour. Joe Jaquin, Jason Walker joining us today, uh, an, an expert when it comes to uh, Andrew Jackson ending the central, the second central bank. And, and I want to highlight and recap some of the things you touched on, Jason, real quick, because I think it's very, very important. First, Jackson said, hey, we audited you guys. We watched you guys. We we saw what you've done. You've covered up your misdeeds. You passed the cost on to the uh, the citizenry, claiming that you've been doing the greater good. And so I'm I'm going to shut you down. And yep, that's going to cause some strife. It will. But we're going to be far better off after it's over, which we absolutely were. But one of the other things Jason mentioned was, listen, the central, it didn't just go away. Right? That The, the second central bank, they said, okay, well, we're just going to become a regular bank. And so you think about, okay, well, here they are. These are the best bankers in the world. How long did they last, Jason, as a regular bank? Five years. They bankrupt, five years. They were bankrupt in five years. Five years it took them to be to be completely bankrupt. And and, and this is exactly what Jackson was talking about. And and, it, and right. I find it. And I'm going to say this. Listen, we're in the beginning here of all of this coming home to roost. This is going to turn very very quickly. Because it's going to get really ugly. And I think this is really what Bullard was talking about. We haven't seen this since the 1830s because they he knows at the end of the day, we're going to be the ones to blame for what it is that's happened. And we better get control of it because we can't have all of these other competing currencies around. And notice yep. how they try to, oh, you know, that'll be so complicated. Right, and, and Joe, Joe, let me let me use. let me say, I, I I think what James Bowler was really uh, talking about was uh, the, the tail end. I was going to finish with this: uh, land sales and tariffs is what Jackson did to pay off the debt. He was he was expanding us westward, and he had tariffs on all. We, we, the dollar was growing stronger. The bank was gone, so the the, the British bank, the, the Bank of England, was losing reserves, and they they started funding these wildcat banks. With, with loans that, that they were not going to be able to pay back. They were giving them too much credit. So Jackson, he passed the specie circular, which said that uh, Western land purchases could only be made 
through gold and silver purchases. You can only you have to have gold and silver in, in reserves to make these purchases to stop the British from doing these risky loans. When Jackson left office, and this is I think you'll like this the most, Joe, in, in 1836, uh, the low British reserves, quote unquote, forced the Bank of England to to raise the interest rates from three percent to five percent, which then made all those wildcat banks go under. They forced all those banks to go under. It made Andrew Jackson look like he had caused all this 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 strife and panic. And so the panic of 1837 happened because the cotton prices fell 25 percent because of all of this bank banking uh, uh, turmoil. And it, it, it then started making the dollar weaker, and it kept the, uh, the pound stronger. This also started to set up, for the next couple of decades, the, uh, the South being angry at the North and, and fueling the Civil War that ended up happening. Isn't that interesting? So, Isn't it yep. interesting how it all ties back together, doesn't it? And, and you sit there, and, and you, when you look at, at history, and and I always, you know, history tends to repeat itself. And and we had a central bank, the first central bank. And Jason, correct me if I'm wrong on this. It only lasted 20 years. Yeah. Now what happened on that one was uh, the charter came due, and by one vote, the people in in uh, 1811 voted it out. And that's an that's that's even more interesting because when that vote was being put in in 1811, to, to whether are we going to recharter or not. The Bank of England said, look, if you do not recharter the bank, you are going to have war. And in 1812, after we got rid of the first bank, the War of 1812 happened so that the British could put America in debt to cause us to go back to a central bank. When the War of 1812 ended, we won the war in 1815, but we were in, we were in huge debt. And that's when the second Bank of the United States charter happened, 1816. As soon as that war was over, we owed a lot of money. We vowed to the central bank. So when you think about history and you think about what it was that the central bank really is about, right, it's, it's destructive towards the sovereignty of our nation. And you look today, and isn't that really what we're fighting against right now, right, is we, we've given away all of our all of our assets we've given away our sovereignty how many times now every almost every show if not every show every other show i have to talk about foreigners holding debt and how much debt are they holding are they going to buy the debt and now we've we've become almost like an indentured servant uh to to the rest of the world because of this and this is exactly what all the people, when you think about the first coming and the second coming of these central banks, were fighting against. Right? They wanted to keep America strong, and they knew uh, that that by creating these central banks, right? Really, what what were we doing? Right? We are we are trying to, and in in this case, both times having to do with England. Then you think about the third central bank in 1913, and 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 I don't know, but. Less than 20 years into that charter, the whole thing blew up. The difference was we didn't have Andrew Jackson this time around, did we? No, and we didn't have a 20-year charter, so it, it looked like a government entity. Nobody even thought of it as being private bankers. 
And so it just it just was an un, an open charter, not to be taken out by a not to be taken out. Right? They were smart because they learned, didn't they? They learned, hey, we got to get this part, this charter thing out, because every time we put the charter, then when we go to vote again, you know, twice in a row, it got shot down. So the third time around, when they they all colluded on Jekyll Island, they made sure that language wasn't in there. Because I got a funny feeling, if they had that language in there, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. Yeah, the 1929 crash probably would have got a lot of people to vote against it. Probably would have got a lot of them to vote against it. We wouldn't be facing a $21 trillion uh, budget deficit, uh, national debt, or... uh, one to two trillion dollar uh, budget deficits, and we wouldn't have to be talking about bond markets imploding, and and who's coming to the auction, who's buying, who's not buying. All of that has been done by the central bank. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Today, this morning, we check every day. We got, there was one case of backdate Silver Eagles. I bought them. Uh, If you want the case or if you want a roll, five rolls, it doesn't matter. Uh, We got 25 rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles, 385 a roll on these 25 rolls, which is about $2.65. Uh, over spot and Jason, you have some silver in Colorado as well, correct? Yeah, we have some. We can sell them at that price, I believe. Too. So, we, so well, yeah, how many? Go, do you know? How, I hate to put you on the spot. Uh, how many rolls do you think you have? I think I at least have ten rolls. So okay, I think so let's say thirty-five total. We got at least ten rolls uh, in Colorado as well uh, at three eighty-five a roll at eight hundred nine five one. 0592. If you're looking for gold, we got another 40, about $45 libs. Uh, we've gotten real lucky with uh, the fractional $5 lib over the last about six weeks. Just had a, a nice supply continually rolling into the market. Uh, right now, uh, a $5 lib is uh, going to be $350. $350 on a $5 Liberty rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles. We've got about 35 rolls of back dates, which, hey, listen, why pay an extra 50 cents an ounce when you don't have to? That's the way I look at it. Instead of 395 for the 2018, 385 here for the back date Silver Eagles, 800 951 And as we're, we're getting a, a history lesson here from Jason about exactly what James Bullard was talking about, and I just loved how he finished his little argument. First saying, hey, listen, we're, we're probably not going to issue a cryptocurrency Right, That was one of the things he said. Right now, as we're looking at this, this isn't what we're thinking about. Instead, what we're thinking about is using the blockchain technology to make the payments. And, and of course, said, you know, here's my, and I really think this is why they're going to try to shut things down. 
because he makes the right well there's so many of them out there how do you know a good one from a bad one and and trying to reference it like uh think about one of the reasons why they wanted the central bank well you know all these banks keep going under so we need to 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 have a uniform set of rules and guidelines and and these cryptos they don't have that and it's going to be too complicated and and therefore, uh, I just, and this is just kind of what I see, they're going to get rid of them. They're going to force them out, just like the Liberty Dollar. There was, there was nothing there. I mean, think about what ultimately, uh, on, the, on the Liberty Dollar, what ultimately he got sentenced to. Three months in-house arrest and three years probation that lasted about a year. And then they said, okay, it's done. Right, because they knew hey, we, we got you on a trumped-up charge. We just don't like the competition. And I think this is exactly what Bullard was saying. Hey, listen, we don't like the competition. We're letting it go right now. But we're working on something. I mean, that's really what I took out of this. We're working on something, and once we're ready, then we're going to deal with this problem. I, I mean, that's just the way I see it. And, and of course, and, and, talk. And Joe, this is uh, this is how I see it. The the way that I see it is, if they can get uh, Federal Reserve notes uh, as a as a backed cryptocurrency, a a Fed a Fed coin, that's fine because basically all it's really going to be is is, uh, taking the cash out of out of uh, circulation. But if they can't if they can't get it under control, let's say other countries, Russia and China, decide to go with a cryptocurrency, they can still destroy it if other countries are using it because. All they have to do is manipulate the currency values. If suddenly Russia is having a, a currency uh, inflation, you know, and their, their, their uh, rubles aren't worth anything, you know, they're, they're, nobody's going to have money to put into their cryptocurrencies. People will panic just like a bank panic and start pulling all of their money out of these cryptocurrencies. So whether if the, if the cryptocurrencies do not conform into the Federal Reserve system, they will crush it. They'll, the first thing they'll do is they'll outlaw it. Any countries that they can get to outlaw it, and, and then they'll crush any country that decides to use it, just the same way they, uh, you know, they, uh, Libya tried to do the gold dinar and do a right. gold money system. They'll, they'll just do the same thing. They'll, they'll, they'll destroy the currency of these other countries. And I think that's exactly uh, what he was talking about. And I do think that, that they are at least aware of, hey, you know what, we need to watch it because we don't want a replay of what happened in the 1830s uh, where we ended up uh, going out of existence. And, of course, the funny part was then they tried to use that as the reason why, the you know, from 18, it was about from 1837 to about, what, 1841, 1842. Uh, yep. And, and that all really, like Jason said, that had nothing to do other than really England, right, once again messing in the government affairs. But Jackson was right. Once we get past that, Things are going to be so much better, and you. Think and how bad can your economy be if you're paying off the national debt in one term of office? I mean, how bad can the economy be if you pay off all your debt in one in one term through uh, economic progress uh, by the citizens and by the government of America, getting you know without the central bank in control? It really was not that bad of a a downfall. It was just banks going under. And, and when people hear banks going under, there's like this panic. Oh, my gosh, banks are going under. Money must be really bad. But it really wasn't. Things were really moving well into the 1840s and the 1850s. And, you know, and, and you think about the, 
Uh, and again, they've got us trained too, though, right? Now you hardly ever hear about banks going under, and they've created all these stopgap measures like FDIC insurance, which is the biggest sham out there, right? Which is, first of all, they don't have any money. Right? You think about trillions of dollars of deposits, and, and the FDIC's got, I don't know, $30, $40 billion. Uh, there's nothing there behind it. And kind of like what Andrew Jackson said, hey, we've watched you. Of course, now the central bank got smart, too. Hey, we don't want anybody watching us. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. Rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles. It's not a lot, but hey, when we get them, we're going to pass the savings along. Uh, backdate rolls, three eighty-five a roll, which is about $2.65 over spot, uh, uh, and actually getting a little less than that. Silver's gotten all the way back now, sixteen forty-two on silver this morning. Gold uh, is up about two and a half dollars now, twelve hundred ninety-two dollars. Even though the dollar is rising again, uh, Italy again causing all kinds of heartburn, spreading into Spain now. It's going to be really interesting to see how all of these countries are going to be able to handle all of the debt that's been plastered all over the place uh make sure you take the time put some more assets away u.s five dollar gold liberties 350 that's just it's a great opportunity i think this this pullback in gold really wasn't a more of a gold pullback as it was some uh what i'll just call heartburn of nations uh as today we had problems in chile colombia mexico right and i told you this is spain right this thing's going to start spreading as these interest rates go up remember what jason was telling you about uh what happened after the central bank got closed andrew jackson left office the bank of england was financing all of these loans on the western expansion and then one day turned around and said you know what forget about three percent rate we need to go to five and it put everybody yep. out of business well not everybody but it put a lot of people <laughs> out of business and this is kind of very similar to what we're facing now don't you think so jason absolutely this, this is why i think uh james buller uh uh, made the uh, connection. That's why he, he wanted. He wants people to go look at the false history of all this economic strife that really wasn't as severe as history books are are spouting. Well, you I know, mean, let's face it. They've done a good job of uh, sanitizing, if you will, what really happened, right? So, so if you go yeah, back yeah. to look, you'll be like, oh man, that was bad. Really, it's the exact opposite. Exactly, and then. And just I, I tell I love just to really quickly tell you talk to the Arizona guys because I'm not on the air obviously every day, but to show how desperate the bankers are, and this this is a little bit I guess conspiracy, but these are this is what happened to the presidents after Andrew Jackson. When Andrew Jackson took the deposit, uh, Richard Lawrence showed up and tried to assassinate him with two single shot pistols. They both misfired before Andrew Jackson started beating him with a cane. A few years later on. Uh, on July 9, 1850, Zachary Taylor, uh, he, made, he made the quote, the idea of a national bank is dead and will not be revived in my time. Well, he was eating a bowl of milk and cherries and died of acute arsenic poisoning. Uh, you, you look at James Buchanan. In 1857, uh, he attempted to set limits on banking loans for more than they held. He wanted to issue bank-backed government assets as, as the backing of all bank loans. Well, he got poisoned but lived. But 38 people that were at that dinner all died 
of arsenic poisoning. I mean, Abraham Lincoln issued the greenback, a, a, a debt-free money system that was completely against central banking's power, and we all know what happened to him. Uh, James Garfield was shot in the first year of his presidency, and he was a huge uh, Andrew Jackson and Abraham Lincoln backer. So you can't you can't overlook what the that the, the guys that were on the banker's side never get assassinated, but all the guys that are uh, against the banking system have all of these unfortunate wow. incidents happening to them. Listen, we're going to have to have you back on because that was just incredible. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'll try to set up Jason to go through that little diatribe next week. Everyone take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.